This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Simon. Welcome to Going in Circles. And yes, we are having a show the day after we had a show. Today, we are going to talk about um, what our format's going to be. It's taken a little while to get things figured out and to get days and hours and uh, working around my producer Casey's schedule. Um, But what we're looking at right now for the foreseeable future is to try to have four podcasts a week with our Tuesday podcast being a live radio format on blogtalkradio.com where people will be able to call in and uh, ask questions and and make comments and um, we haven't exactly pinned the time down but we're probably looking at the 3.30 to 5 in the afternoon as our, our, our window um, Mondays we're going to do a, a topic of the day, kind of maybe a recap of what happened the weekend and uh, talk about the various industry issues that get batted around often with misinformation and uh, nonsense. Uh, you know, things like the whip rule, uh, all the issues we have with the, the tote, with late odds changes, takeout, all these kind of things. We'll get some guys who are really sharp in here to explain what the hell's going on with that instead of the usual dribble. Um, I'm sure people are going to want to talk about drugs because they always want to talk about drugs. But we'll have people on here that will cut to the chase and will explain why things, not just what things. Uh, Thursday, I really want to try to to do a dedicated show on historical um, figures. We, in racing, have done a pretty terrific job of, of, uh, of keeping our history alive. Um, some of the great races of the past, some of the great uh, figures, certainly the great horses, have kind of got forgotten. We change stakes names, like at the drop of a hat now. And uh, just just so much, so many great races, so many great horses that people now don't even talk about, and uh, that that to me is is a big a big failing on the industry's part. And in that this business, this game has been going on for hundreds of years, and we have so much rich history and so many really great horses that accomplished so much in this day and age where, as soon as a horse get some greatest stakes credentials the owners start uh, looking for the exit door um, I, I just think that uh, I'm going to try to do it on Thursdays where we, we maybe focus on a horse or a couple horses and we can get some people um, not just the people who were with the horse but we can get the perspective of some of the old timers and uh, some of the guys that uh, you know have, have lived through the old era back in right through the modern era and you know talk about how things have changed and maybe uh try to come up with 
horses in the modern times who would uh, be similar to some of the greats of the past. And Friday, I want to also do something that's um, that I think really needs to be done. And I don't know that anyone else is really doing it. And that's kind of introducing you to some of the behind-the-scenes people, some of the, <clears throat> the, the, the newer trainers, some of the guys who uh, have been around the game for a long time and maybe have never really gotten um, a chance to be in the spotlight. But people who have great stories, who uh, interesting people, characters. There's racing has always been known for characters, and we have less of them than ever. But there are still there are still characters out there. And what I'm going to try to do is get them on here and get them talking and and um, tell some some stories about uh, about some things that uh, maybe you didn't know and and you might find interesting. Um. So that'll be our schedule. That's for a week. Uh, obviously, uh, there might be times where I'm not able to get four in, um, but we're going to try, and uh, that's the plan right now. Um, I don't want to get into any specific topics today, as this is going to probably be a short show, as everyone's already likely handicapping the Belmont card, though that's been widely panned as certainly not uh, up to its usual standard for whatever reason or uh, maybe you're digging into the uh, the 18 race Meadowlands uh, marathon of the, the next two nights which I've glanced at but uh, still trying to figure out how to keep my eyes from rolling in the back of my head trying to figure out what bets are what and but uh hey it's great we have racing again and uh, you know like we asked Scott this week, <laughs> it's funny that uh, the Queen, she won a race the other day at Ascot, and uh, I always joke about the Queen, and um, I had a horse, when I first started training, it was a, a bloodstock agent named Richard Galpin, he was an Englishman, he was, he took a liking to me, and uh, he helped me out, and, and honestly, the the it's it's sad because he he died not that long after I started training um suddenly and uh the trajectory of my career might have changed had he not passed away because he was a big believer in me and and uh he he helped me out a lot in the first couple years I trained and he was a really uh, a guy that I could ask questions about so I didn't look stupid but uh, he had had sent me some horses, and he had connections everywhere. Um, how this relates to the Queen is that uh, Richard had sent me a horse that Dermot Weld had had for a German owner. And I believe the horse was Irish anyways, but the German owner had bought the horse to race in Germany, and the horse turned out to be a bleeder. So, you know, over there, uh, in Germany in particular, they have extremely strict rules about bleeding. If a horse is bled once they're or raced on Lasix once, they're never allowed to breed in Germany. The German jockey club will not register their foals or their if it's a stallion, they're stallion. So So he had this horse and Dermot had the horse over there and he had sent me a couple horses for Mr. Ramsey and we had done pretty good with him and um 
they were going to sell this filly. She was a filly, and uh, they were going to sell her in a November sale. And uh, they wanted to try to race her a little bit, and maybe figuring Lasix could help, and um, we could do a whole, whole lot more for Bleeder here than they could do over there. So they sent her over to me. At, uh, I was at Saratoga, and we quarantined her there. And the interesting part about her was that the man who owned her was actually a, uh, a German diplomat. And he worked in the German embassy in Beijing. So, essentially, this guy was like a German James Bond. And I only talked to him once on the phone. He was actually the first owner to pay me electronically. But uh, I talked to him once, and I guess he was in the embassy. And the phone kept pausing after I would talk or he would talk. And as it turns out, he was calling me on an encrypted phone from the embassy, so that uh, that the the Chinese couldn't spy or you know couldn't couldn't hear the conversation. So I get this filly in, and she she was okay. She was training all right, and there was a stake towards the end of the meet, and I said, well, you know, maybe we could we could uh, get her ready for that and see how she does, and then decide if we're going to keep training her or. Just, you know, get her ready for the sale. So the one problem I had was this owner, he, he had never raced a horse in the United States, so he had never been licensed. And I went into the license office, and I explained my situation. I said, I have this horse for a, a, a man. He's a, he's a diplomat uh, for the German government in the, in the embassy. He's working out of the embassy in Beijing. He's going to be there for another three to six months. Um... How are we going to get him licensed? So I said, can I take a temporary out for him? And, you know, he, he probably only going to, this filly will probably only run in New York once anyways. And when he uh, gets off his uh, assignment as James Bond, German version, then, you know, he can take care of all the particulars. Well, they told me that we could not do that because we needed to have him fingerprinted. And I said, well, I don't know that that's going to be that easy to do because, you know, he's in the communist country and he's not really, you know. So the girl told me, she goes, well, just have him go down to the local police station and get his fingerprints done. I said, you're not listening to me here. He cannot just walk down to the local police station because he's in a communist country and he is a quote unquote diplomat. It can't happen. I can't get him fingerprinted. And they said, no one can race in New York without fingerprints. And I said, is that so? And she goes, yes. I said, that's an absolute rule. No person can run in New York without having their fingerprints done. Absolutely. Without exception. I said, really? I go, well, Clement won a race for the Queen the other day, the Queen of England. You, you're telling me you got her fingerprints in here? And the girl turned red and she said, well, you know, certain people of uh, status of, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right. I go, what, uh, you know, wh what do I have to get? Do I have to get the German chancellor to write a letter or something? And she kind of looked at me and I was like, just forget it. And we walked out and I can't even remember what I did with the horse. It's been that long, but she wasn't, she, I think we ran her at Mammoth. We called her down there and said, no, we'll license you, no problem. And I don't think the horse ran that good, and we wound up selling her anyways. But uh, 
The Queen of England does not have fingerprints on file, if anyone wants to know. I mean, I guess we could probably have a sh whole show about license issues and some of the ridiculous uh, stories that, that have happened over the years when Colonial Downs first opened up. Uh, none other than Pat Day was, was riding there, and they had strict rules, and Pat, in his younger years, had uh, been a little bit of a rabble-rouser and got himself in trouble, and had some arrests on his record, and he flew in to ride, I think, the Virginia Derby, and by this time he was established as, you know, Pat Day, and um, <laughs> they, they wouldn't grant him a license because he had these arrests on his record from 20 years before that. Uh, I, I've had, a, I had an owner in, uh, in Florida a few years ago, and in Florida, we're regulated by the Department of Business Regulation, which has like 38 divisions. We don't have solely a, uh, a racing commission. And it's complicated because when you're one of 38 divisions, you're not getting a whole lot of attention other than bad attention. And the person who's in charge now actually has really done a good job of trying to understand the industry and our needs and and, uh, you know, tries as, as I give them a lot of credit in it. They've, uh, it's not something that's a strong suit for them and they don't have a lot of knowledge, but they've really worked at trying to understand it. Well, some of the previous people, and it's a political position. So, you know, whenever the, the politicians at the top change, these kind of positions change. And we had had a, a man a couple years ago who came in and he was, uh, a hard uh, lying guy and we started having issues with owners especially who had had um, arrests but years and years and years ago and I'm not talking about murder I'm talking about disorderly conduct or you know DUI or traffic I issues and I'm talking not just you know within the last decade but one owner in particular had something that happened literally 30 years before he got a DUI or when he was a kid. And uh, they told him they wouldn't license him unless he got paperwork that showed that he had uh, adjudicated that case and um, specifically so that they could check off whatever new check off they needed. Now, this is a person that had been licensed, driver's license for the previous 29 years and had racing licenses for the last 15 years, including in the state of Florida. Well, when he called the town that he had gotten arrested in all those years ago, they laughed at him. They said, well, why would we possibly have those records at this point? This was, that was 30 years ago. Like we wouldn't, we don't have those. They don't exist. He had to hire a lawyer to get licensed. It sounds crazy. But sometimes in racing, that's what we face when we get involved with certain individuals in government work who just don't want to know and they just want to cause mayhem. And uh, this guy did. He, he We had a lot of owners, um, a lot of trainers as well that, that had issues long, long ago that um, it wasn't easy to 
get paperwork to get those things um, dismissed. I, I actually had, was issued a temporary license a few years ago because I had racing violations at tracks that weren't operating when I went to renew my license so they couldn't quote-unquote verify that uh, those had been, the fines had been paid. I'm talking like $100 for being late to the paddock, things like that. And I said, well, I got a lot of wind pictures I can show you since then. So, I mean, I have to be licensed in order to get those. And, of course, that wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, very quietly, like three months later, my license came in the mail. But there's so many uh, so many problems with, with racing commissions that I think when we talk about a national commission, we have a hard time getting things done on a local level or on a regional level. I can't even imagine if we had national licenses, the, the the hoops we'd have to jump through. And when there was an issue, I, I just I just shudder to think that uh, we might have to fly to some horrible place like Washington, D.C. Or, or worse. But, uh, you know, that's racing. And uh, whenever I think of the Queen, I remember that, that horse. And I remember that girl telling me, Everyone has to have be fingerprinted. <laughs> Everybody but the queen. Anyways, this is a brief show and uh, we're going to be back Monday. Recap uh, the first mile and eighth Belmont. Um, and the card, the undercard. Uh, talk about whatever happened there a little bit. And, uh, you know, we never know what's going to happen in, in racing. Maybe we'll get something uh, something else exciting to talk about. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions, please don't hesitate me. You can get me at Twitter, um, at Cannon Shell. You can also email at Going in Circles Podcast at Gmail. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Going in Circles, as well. Um, I'm probably going to start a Twitter for for this podcast as well and uh please I, i'd love to hear your input and um any ideas anyone has uh, i'd be be love to have them if you have any people you want to talk to and don't tell me somebody boring no boring people give uh just just drop a line and make a comment uh i'm a trainer for 20 five years so I've been insulted and called all kinds of names so I don't, my feelings won't get hurt say what you need to say um, good luck this week if you're playing and um, stay safe